1: What's going on everybody welcome to the week five edition of the pro football focus fantasy show here on Roto Grinders. I am Britt Devine. I joined as always. Uh, by Mr. Ian Harditz. I'm calling you corporate Ian Harditz today. What's up, dude? (laughs) (laughs) Rocking the NBC gear. Got the quarter zip on. Uh, Shout out (laughs) to Ex-Employer, Roto World. But yeah, man, great day
2: to be great. I think uh, we got a good old slate to talk about. Got more value everywhere, as it
1: seems to be the case, Uh, more weeks than not. But a lot of plays to be made, decisions to be made. Let's get after it. Yeah, let's see if we can pull some good plays and bets uh, out from behind the pantry behind you during the show. (laughs) Uh, Let's jump right into this. Uh, As always, right, Ian does a lot of work over a pro football focus. So we like to sort of highlight that here on this show. He spends a lot of time writing his article. Uh, He calls it the football mismatches matchups We always call it the mismatch manifesto on this show goes over a bunch of different statistics of teams and all that fun stuff uh, in order to glean some knowledge on maybe things we can use in the sports book or for DFS this week. So without uh, any further ado, Ian, uh, let's jump right into it. I have the article pulled up uh, live for all of you that are watching uh, the show on YouTube and hey, if you are on YouTube give us a a, a thumbs up and a subscribe to get access to everything we have here on Roto-Grinders. But if you want to read this article in more depth, Ian has made it free to all of the people over on Pro Football Focus this entire season. The easiest way to find it, type Ian's name in the search bar, is what I found doing it, and you'll be able to sort of sort by latest date, and it should be one of the the latest things that he's done there. Um, Let's talk about explosive plays. These are chunk yardage plays. These can turn. You can go from middle of the pack in a tournament the top of the leaderboard in a single play here? What are some good offenses we can target and maybe some defenses that maybe we don't want to pick on this week?
2: Yeah, so just quick uh, kind of explainer if you haven't seen these charts before, instead of having to go through every single matchup and be like, hey, number three offense versus number 30 defense, I just combine the numbers to make it a one-way metric color-coded to just point out, hey, these are where, if you want to look at where the potential mismatches could be, this is where they are. And looking at the explosive passing games, Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins, and Derek Carr stand out the most on the main slate. I do like the potential of Cousins maybe going against the grain on Dalvin Cook or maybe more likely Alexander Under Madison, getting a lot of ownership, but we'll see how that plays out. And then with Derek Carr and company, like, hey man, it was only one bad week. The previous seven weeks, I believe Derek Carr threw for over 300 yards. So I know Henry Ruggs, uh, as we'll get to in our tournament talk, is someone I do like as a potential bounce back candidate. And then guys that could be in some trouble, Jameis Winston. He throws such a pretty deep ball. He's only (laughs) completed five of them this year. The Bears have more completions of 20 plus yards than uh, the Saints. So hopefully him and Champagne can get that figured out. And then Justin Fields and Trey Lance also not set up for a bunch of success. Hopefully they run enough where it doesn't
1: matter in fantasy land. Yeah, I'm on the, uh, I know you like that Derek Carr, at least on this particular statistic, but I'm very anti-Raiders when we get to the uh, the sports betting version of this today. Yeah. I like the Bears line here. Uh, let's go down to pace. This is one of the most important things when factoring into projections and plays and fantasy points, all that type of good stuff. What are the fastest matchups? What are the slowest matchups this week?
2: Yeah, not too many fast ones, just the way it worked out. We do see the Dolphins and Buccaneers popping, and it sounds like Devontae Parker now might be at risk of missing Sunday. We already have Will Fuller out, so I do think that maybe going, and we talked about the explosive plays, uh, Brady popping a little bit there, maybe a stack with Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, you can get really contrarian, go Cameron Brate or something like that, and then bring it back with a Jalen Waddle or a Mike Jasicki because, hey, man, Buccaneers have allowed the most fantasy points per game to wide receivers this year. We'll talk about the in the pressure section why I'm a little uh, not all that confident in Jacoby uh, Brissett's chances at overcoming that but again maybe just one guy you know he can only be so bad with 10 plus targets Uh, Eagles Panthers also popping a little bit but again more so just Dolphins and Buccaneers from a pace perspective the slowest ones Lions Vikings and Packers and Bengals I can see them still putting up plenty of points regardless because we're talking about some pretty good offenses and I think more importantly bad defenses here so hopefully they'll be able to be efficient with their chances because they might not be as many of those as usual.
1: Yeah, and the Cincinnati too. I think that you can talk yourself into a way where maybe they play a little faster without Joe Mixon. I agree. But yeah. you just, I mean, that's just we're just trying to maybe manufacture some a couple <laughs> extra plays for us in that way. We don't really know. But if Mixon's out, maybe they do go to the air a little bit more, which will increase the, uh, the the seconds per play and stuff like that. That is an interesting game. And Green Bay, for as explosive as their offense can be, they've just they've been very slow over the since Lafleur started taking over here. So, yeah. um, just keep that in mind when you're you're trying to factor in. Uh, the amount of plays that will be in each game Uh, all right scrolling down let's get to pressure we want no pressure for our quarterbacks we want lots of pressure uh, for the defenses we choose what are some uh, statistics popping out this week
2: yeah, so on that Bengals-Packers game, both of these guys standing out as two of the cleanest quarterbacks of the week. Don't forget Jair Alexander ruled out. I think if you want to maybe just build some tournament rosters around Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and just bring it back with a different Bengals receiver every time might make a lot of sense. Again, I'm not, we're not sure if we'd hope there's more volume, but I feel like at least one of these guys will pop off a, a week, even if we don't exactly have enough volume for all three to make it. Uh, Big Ben's popping on this. That's because Big Ben like does not want to take a <laughs> hit ever so i wouldn't pay too much attention to that the broncos do have a very good pass rush but when it's fourth and ten and you're just getting rid of the ball immediately like yeah you're not going to register a bunch of pressure so wouldn't uh, look too far into that and then finally Taylor Haneke is standing out a little bit, man. He does have that sort of dual threat Konami code of goodness. I believe he's registered two top 10 uh, finishes already this year, so it felt a little fluky last week, and I know the Saints are a lot better than the Falcons, but at the minimum, I think uh, Terry McLaurin could have another nice day. Guys that could be under some more more pressure, Jalen Hurts, and he's still down. I believe it's like four total starting Mm -hmm. offensive linemen because Lane Johnson. I want him under
1: pressure. That's when he gets the scrambles. That's good for me. Yeah, there's a limit, though, (laughs) man. It's, It's
2: He is 11th in total rushing yards since he took over in week 14 last year, among everybody, quarterbacks and running backs um, alike. So you might be onto it. He hasn't busted yet, so who knows, but it's not looking great. And then uh, Teddy Bridgewater and Jacoby Brissett standing out as well. Both of these guys, it's not so much they're all – the Miami O-line o- kind of sucks too, but especially Teddy, like he's been throwing more downfield this year, but it's come at a cost. He's been holding that ball longer than three seconds, um, a lot more often than he should be. So a little bit worried about how Denver's going to respond in this Pittsburgh environment. And then, yeah, with Jacoby, it's like one of the things we can do to really find out if an offensive line's problems is, more do the quarterback or them, is we can look at just the pressure when the quarterback gets rid of the ball in under two and a half seconds. So like who's still getting pressured, even when they're getting it out quickly. And it's still the Dolphins. So they have a quarterback that takes too long to throw and the O-line's not even helping matters. So that's, I guess, my only problem with being more confident in Jasicki or Jalen Waddle in this spot because I just, as bad as the cornerbacks might be, I'm not sure he's going to have enough time
1: and just the sense of urgency to get the ball out there in the first place. All right. Keep going down on the article. You can follow along if you're watching live on the show. Let's go to the trench battles, yards before contact. Uh, This is good for your running backs, right? You want you want Ezekiel Elliott to get 17 yards before he's touched, right? Because that's going to help him out. And uh, there are some defenses that are pretty good at stopping the run game that maybe you don't want to use the running backs against here. Uh, What's really standing out for you this week? As my lovely employer, PFF, likes to say, running backs uh,
2: don't always matter as much as we think they do. So, yeah, this is just trying to pinpoint what running games should be uh, in the best position for success independent of the actual running backs and several popping off. We are seeing the Bills, Chiefs, but that's Sunday night, obviously. So, main slate-wise, the Browns against the Chargers defense that, like, they have both, That they have good guys in the middle, but you take away Kenneth Murray, that doesn't help, and they just don't care. Like, Brandon Staley is helping revolutionize the idea that you just sit back and you let teams run because you're devoting more resources to the pass. I believe only the Broncos have had fewer, face fewer rush attempts this year with eight plus guys in the box. So they just really let you run your hearts out. And that could be a problem against Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, who are both playing fantastic ball this year. Also seeing the Lions really coming out. DeAndre Swift, man, he's been pretty terrible as a rusher like this year. If you just look at any stat, like he's one of the worst running backs in terms of breaking tackles on the ground, yards after contact. But hey, might have the lanes this week and more importantly he just has all the receptions that come his way when the Lions inevitably get down a score or two so I think if you want to get you know, contrarian as we've talked about a little bit already get away from Dalvin and go to that Vikings passing game bringing that back with Swift or you know it sounds like Hawkins is not going to play so yeah just bring it back with Swift or you know throw a dart at one of the receivers might not be uh, the worst idea here and then finally who's my other one oh yeah the Giants man looking good against this Cowboys uh, fairly soft run D they got rid of Jay Smith. So that might be a net positive for them. But Saquon, man, I still think he's just, you know, it's a matter of time until his salary is going to be starting with a nine. So I still think he's probably a little too cheap on a uh, draft And then quickly um, the dolphins and Texans don't have good matchups and good. We don't need them anyway. Damien, uh, not Damien Harris, Najee Harris and Austin Eckler, not great matchups, but th- so much of their work is done through the air that we don't care. The only really interesting one I'll talk a little bit about is Josh Jacobs because lost kind of in that bad Monday night performance. He had 18 combined carries and targets in a game that they were trailing by two scores for most of the day. So I think Jacobs is actually one of the league's top 10 backs with the ball just in his hands. The problem is the Raiders haven't thrown it to him over the years. So Peyton Barber's hurt. We They're clearly kind of souring on Ken and Drake after making him one of the free agency period's highest paid backup running backs. So I wouldn't be surprised, man, if Josh Jacobs could have himself a day here, particularly at the fields that showed up against, you know, the Browns is there as opposed to one we saw against the
1: Lions. Yeah, I do think, uh, let's see here, Peyton Barber did return to practice today after not practicing uh, Wednesday and Thursday. So. Oh, he's still Peyton Barber. <laughs> <laughs> is, well, I don't know, John Gruden like Peyton Barber. We'll have to see how that plays out. Um, oh, I just man. wanted to point out. I want to ask you, I see real quick on here, I see New England in the red here. Uh, you know, Damian Harris against Houston. What, what, what do we make of this here? Which side of this is, is this on the New England side or is this on the Texan side? Well, here's the uh, thing about the Patriots. Four of their starting
2: offensive linemen haven't been practicing this week. I'm trying to see if they've updated. Yeah, I can't find it right now, but we really need to keep an eye on that because that's going to be the big uh, difference. The Patriots aren't showing out too well, but here's the thing. They face the, this is where we also got to remember, this is a four-week sample. Over the past two weeks, they faced the Saints and the Buccaneers, and we have a cool behind-the-scenes metric that shows what the, av- like, you know, we have average target depth. This is like the average depth that a running back has made contact with uh, relative to the line of scrimmage. And by far the best two defenses all year have been the saints and Buccaneers at this. I believe they're the top two defenses and fewest PPR points per game allowed to running backs um, last year. Like they just sell out against the run more than mm-hmm. almost anyone else. So it makes sense that Damien and the Patriots really haven't even tried to run the ball over the past two weeks. It makes sense that he hasn't really been popping off and these numbers are down now. I'm not afraid of Houston, but without four starting offensive linemen, it's not great. I think in cash, it's a little bit too risky for Damian Harris here, but tournaments, man, we are looking at a game where coming off most routes of the season, most snaps of the season,
1: 15 to 20, you know, combined carries and targets should still go a fairly long way. All right. Going down the article just a little bit more. We've got the passing game looking at yards per drop back. It can also sort of lead to some explosive plays as well. You want teams chucking the ball down the field. Uh, you don't want Ben Roethlisberger digging dunks on fourth and 10 to Najee Harris here. So what are some uh, maybe big play offenses we could be looking at this week? Yeah, pretty similar findings
2: as the, the offenses that might be more screwed as the explosive pass plays. So we'll focus on the positives and it's really just the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, even though last week the Browns only held the Vikings to I think it was like seven points when, uh, when it was all said and done, Cousins was still making, you know, a handful of just spectacular throws out there. And at PFF, we have our wide receiver corner cornerback matchup chart where you can expand the whole thing. And then you have 15 columns, height, weight, speed, percentage here, percentage there, or you can just have the wide receiver, the primary matchup and our matchup grade. And if I had simplest, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson have two of the top three individual matchups of the week against these lions corners. And like, what's the only problem we ever run into with this Vikings passing game it's volume. And I'm not saying it will necessarily be there uh, with Alvin cook and or Alexander Madison, probably having a bunch of success, but at least in tournaments, man, I think the more you can get exposure to this Vikings passing game, throw Tyler Conklin in
1: there as well. uh, The better. It does look like cook. Um, Seems like he's going to play from everything uh, that's coming he's across game me. Game time
2: decision that. Yeah, maybe calling.
1: looks like if I'm reading between the lines, it seems probably a little healthier this week than he was last week. Um, it's against the Lions, but if for some reason they run into any sort of trouble in the run game, um, I'll talk about in a couple of uh, minutes on uh, some of the wide receiver leverage points. The those Vikings wide receivers look uh, pretty juicy this week, in my opinion. So I'm on board with that. Uh, let's close it out here. Let's talk about EPA. Uh, You had a good run with it last year. How's it working out this year again? Did it claw back at all last week? We're doing good. We're at five and three of them, one and two
2: last week. So it was a little work, but it's five and three against the spread and straight up. So if you want to just look at the money line value you've made, uh, looking all right. So we do have three more qualifiers this week that I think you need you could talk yourself into Bengals plus three at home against the Packers. Remember the Bengals have had the extra long week following their Thursday night game Packers defense that, you know, no one was ag- exactly talking about them being all that great to begin with. So Darius Smith, Jair Alexander, both out. I mean, it, it's just not looking all that good for them. So I don't know. I actually lean towards the Packers, but it's an interesting uh, spot. Broncos plus one. I agree with that, you know, against the Steelers offense and quietly a defense that aren't nearly as good as we're used to them being. And then the Bills, plus three i think the bills are better than the chiefs in every single area the problem is we've had josh allen really be a middling to below average real life quarterback in three of the four games this season he's still qb7 in fantasy he's always been a great fantasy quarterback even before last year when he turned into a real life world beater so i feel a lot better about even taking the bills money line here if uh, we just had a little more confidence in josh playing to the best of his abilities
1: I do want to note um, on that game, there is a, 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 I just pulled up the weather. That's really one of the only weather spots. We've got a 60% chance with what looks like thunderstorms right at game time on that Sunday night game. So that game could get a little interesting. Could maybe it hits a little earlier, maybe it hits a little later, uh, but I did want to point that out in case anyone uh, was looking to bet some over unders on that one, uh, getting ahead of the weather push, if at all possible, um, can be a massive swing, especially when the total is that high. Um, all right, Ian, that's going to do it for this week's Mismatch Manifesto. Again, if any of you guys want to read the whole entire thing. Um, you can get that over on profootballfocus.com. You can also get another subscription there. You can listen to Ian. I always tell you guys every week, my favorite pods are, I like the PFF uh, breakdown you do with Dwayne McFarland on Wednesdays. I like the DFS matchups you do on Thursdays as well. I even, I like the recap you do. That's like two hours long, but basically oh, yeah. anything on the PFF <laughs> feed Diddy and Tom, uh, I love, which is why I love doing the show with my man here. Um, so go check that out and everything else over on pro football focus. Um, um, all right, let's jump into some sports bets here. And, Ian, after a horrific week one and even a little bit of week two, we have clawed our ways back to some respectability. Don't let right? him get hot. <laughs> Don't let them get hot. Uh, I, I had a, uh, a nice little run. I basically got everything I wanted last week except the Bucs. Um, that game just didn't really work out. Um, but basically everything else I bet came up roses for me. So a really good sports back, Sports book week for me personally and I'm hoping to keep it hot here I've got three bets I like and then I've got maybe I'm a donkey but I like just like betting the the favorites on a parlay that I think can't lose so I got uh, one of those fun ones for you uh so I got the the first one is the the Patriots minus nine and I, I don't know why is this not like 13 or 14 in my opinion I don't know how the Texans can like can the Texans score 14 points Ian in this game I don't know. I don't. I, I don't even at the under. I think. Yeah, <laughs> not I just, that far I, off in their implied total. Yeah, the Patriots' defense is it's legit. Like they have a very good defense, um, and their offense I think is good enough between Harris and you got Jacoby Myers. You got the two tight ends. Mac Jones um, went toe to toe with Tom Brady last week. It's it's just it seems like it's too easy to take anything against um, Davis Mills right now of the Texans here. So I really like that Patriots minus nine um, of all the big total favorites. Um, they're probably my my favorite one this week. The other one is I got this, I go to the, my sports book. It opens at 11 o'clock on Mondays. Uh, I just found this out. That's when they released their NFL lines. So I got there at 11. I got Arizona at minus four uh, against San Francisco. It's up to minus five now. I still think that's pretty bettable uh, against the rookie and Trey Lance. You just don't, it's a little bit of a wild card, right? But what you're betting on is Arizona at home. This is the offense Cliff Kingsbury has always wanted to run between having Rondale Moore A.J. Green is making this offense click. Um, Kyler Murray is unstoppable. The defense is good enough. Uh, I think Arizona minus five is another uh, really big favorite that I think you can bet pretty good. And then uh, two of my favorite live dogs this week, the one I'm going to put up here is going to be the Bears at plus five and a half. We saw like Derek Carr for those first three games, Ian. he's not a 400 yards per game passer that's what he was doing through the first three games and I think that came to fruition a little bit against the Chargers in week four in my opinion he's not going to be slinging it all over getting all these yards to all these receivers that's just not Derek Carr you got Josh Jacobs back which maybe is a little bit of a detriment in my opinion to the offense because they were slinging it around without Josh Jacobs I think Gruden will sort of feed him a little bit here but I just think the Bears um, you've got another game with Justin Fields at quarterback here. I think the I, I just think the Raiders are fake uh, a little bit to open the season. So I'm going to take the Bears at plus five and a half uh, as my three uh, bets. I'm going to lock in here for the show. And then if you like donkey betting, all of the favorites with me, um, I like the Bucks, Cards, Patriots, and Cowboys. Uh, right before the show, I looked that up on DK as a parlay. They get you plus two hundred two. I don't see how any of those teams lose. So to me, that's just like free money to me from the sports books. Uh, take a look at that one if you like uh, the parlay. So that's, those are my bets, Ian. Uh, what are you looking at this week?
2: Yeah, so my big one I put down earlier this week. That's off to a good start. Money line parlay: Rams, Panthers, Cowboys, Cardinals. Riding the favorite train, like yourself. Got the Rams dub. that was plus three seventy nine. Now you can obviously can't bet on the Rams anymore, but still get Panthers, Cowboys, Cardinals at plus two hundred nine. So not huge, but hey, you know we'll take those two to one odds and we can get it and feel good about those. I am riding the favorites on against the spread. I think the Panthers at minus three. I just think Philly is pretty terrible, man. They kind of fool people with that Week One beatdown of the Falcons. Since then, they just haven't really looked all that competitive. You know, credit to Hurts for moving the ball against that terrible Chiefs defense, but it was also concerning how they just had nothing for them. Uh, this Panthers defense, well, I think the Cowboys showed they aren't you know for real for real this like top five juggernaut. Now they're still playing some good ball, and they've still proved to get be, be able to get pressure on just about anyone. You look at this Eagles O line, which is down not one, not two, not three, but four starters now. With Lane Johnson still out, I just think three points. Is is coverable. And yeah, with the Packers, I do think, you know, I was funny. I was talking to my friends about uh, maybe like hyping up the bangles and they were like, come on man they were down 14 nothing as the Jaguars and they got clawed back into it I was at the game last week so I think my emotions from being you know mm-hmm. a proud Cincinnati and were clouding my vision a little bit at the end of the day it's Aaron Rodgers you know being given less than three points against a Bengals defense that I don't think can slow down Devontae and company so I think Burrow and company can keep things close and keep pace but I do like the Packers that are under three points and then finally just the Chargers where hey Baker Mayfield like I thought he just had a bad game last week I didn't know he was playing through a free and torn labrum Mm -hmm. he's gonna keep trying to do that this Chargers secondary isn't easy to pass against to begin with and I think Herbert and company have proven themselves enough where hey Miles Garrett who actually is questionable and a little banged up he's gonna make some plays but I think the Chargers can put up you know 30 when they're at their best on just about anybody so I'm happy to take you know when when I see like quarterback and just offensive advantages like I believe the Packers hold over the Bengals and the Chargers hold over the Browns if we can get fewer than three points on that sign me up.
1: Yeah, I will say I sort of disagree with you on uh, the Panthers. I like the, I think the Eagle. I gave the Bears at plus five and a half. I think the Eagles are one of the other live dogs that I might uh, try betting this week personally. So we'll see who we'll see who comes out. On why? The, uh, why the disagree on your Bears plus five and a half? So oh, all right, we'll, we'll see. Uh, listen. Yeah, you like the Raiders. Hopefully I come out 2-0. But actually, Ian, I hope we just split them so neither one of us can hold the advantage. There we go. (laughs) Uh, All right, before we get into some position talk, I need to tell you guys about Jock Market. Uh, Stop throwing away your money. It's time to check out Jock Market, the app where daily fantasy becomes a stock exchange. Buy and sell shares of players in real time. For real money, uh, download now for a 100% deposit bonus up to $50 using promo code GRINDERS. So let me give you a little tip here. You deposit 50, use promo code GRINDERS, you got a hundred bucks in your account. Now listen up, if you are a new player to Jock Market, they have their first market guarantee. What does that mean? That means on your very first market. So let's say you jump in on the Sunday market with your $100 that you got from our promotion. If you lose that $100, jock market will cover your losses in your first market as a new player uh, under their first market guarantee so go check them out Uh, again that's promo code grinders for a 100 deposit match up to 50 dollars all right let's talk some cash plays i like to do this and i was looking through before the show and we were pretty on it last week i gotta say ian um across the board both in cash and tournaments for the most part I want to talk to you about Dak Prescott at quarterback this week because he he certainly seems like he's going to be the quarterback cash choice of the masses there are a couple cheaper options you're going to have Trey Lance and Danny Dimes is probably going to be in there too but what's I guess I want to get your thought on this. The Cowboys' offense, what they're they're bullying everybody on the the run side of the ball right now. They're just pounding Zeke. They're pounding Tony Pollard. They're getting five, six yards a carry. They haven't really needed to do anything other than that over the past couple of games, which has led to Dak Prescott. Um, I think his pass it's past the I'm sure actually here, let me uh, pull it up on DraftKings. I 27, 20, 26, and yeah. 22 over the last three. Yeah, it's super low. So he's getting by with stupid efficiency, right? Which is great until you don't get that game anymore. So what are we doing? I guess what's your thought on him? Because I'm kind of torn. I, I, will that efficiency always be there? They are big home favorites. And if they get up, I, I'm going to guess you're going to get that high dose of Ezekiel Elliott. That's what they seem to want to do when they're up and they're winning and they're crushing in games here. What's your thought on him as a cash game quarterback this week?
2: Well, we're not getting the usual Dak Prescott as a rusher either. He had 35 yards last week, but it was more due to like one or two busted plays. We're still not seeing any sort of him being used as, you know, a read option guy or like design QB runs around the goal line. That used to be a major part of it. And, uh, you know, you talked about PFF Fantasy Pod. Dwayne and I were talking about the rest of the season quarterback rankings. I believe Dwayne's got like Dak QB 11, Derek Carr QB 12, like Stafford and Brady if he's having, you know, a little bit of a down, uh, down stretch but that's kind of what Dak is more like if he's not going to be this big rushing threat near the goal line. So I don't know, man, I don't feel like if I'm going to go up for, it, I'm fine to spend an extra thousand and get all the way up to Kyler where we are still getting that elite rushing upside with the passing upside. So for like Dak going into the year, we thought we had more rushing ability and we thought we had higher volume partially because we thought the Cowboys defense was going to continue to be bad. We just haven't seen that since week one. So maybe Daniel Jones and company can bring it out of them, but seven point favorite man, we could be looking at another game where it's just an efficient, but not incredible 25 pass attempts.
1: Yeah. I might dance with the devil and of Jalen hurts for a hundred more in cash. He just, he just always gets there and you, he, you know, Dax said no one's stopping me from running this week, but definitely no one is stopping Jalen Hurts from running on all the scrambles that he's going to be having this week, in my opinion. So I'm, I might go Hurts for just 100 more. I think where I'm ultimately going to end up, Ian, though, is the the, the Danny Dimes. Uh, he's 6,000 on DraftKings. And then the Trey Lance tier at 5,700. Um, if you're torn between those two, I, I think Daniel Jones has been pretty consistent, has some upside, runs a little bit. And I think Dallas is Dallas is probably one of the better offenses in the league. In my opinion, I think Dallas is going to have no problem putting up 27 plus, you know, real life football points in this game here. Um, Do you prefer him or, you know, shot take on Trey Lance? He he got there really off of one big play last week, but that I guess that it sort of is what his receivers do. That's what he's supposed to do. He has the, the, the actual real life, 15 plus running attempt possibility that Danny Dimes doesn't have. Um, What's your drug of choice between those two? Yeah, I mean, that was such a Blown
2: coverage on that <laughs> DO scores <So laughs> that's well, what he does, though. It happens. You know, like, like, it, it happens. It happens. Uh, so here's my thing with these guys and why I just want to pay up for Kyler. Like we've talked about Jalen Hurts and his O line problems against a really good front seven from Carolina. And we got Trey Lance going on the road facing a Cardinals defensive line that we have also seen borderline takeover games. Like it's giving me fields going up against the Browns vibes, man. Now we have Kyle Shanahan calling plays, not Matt Natty. So pretty big difference there. But You know, the Cowboys this year, they rank four, going on to Daniel Jones now. Uh, I have a fun stat I like to look at. I found it in, like, the college football world, but you can apply it to uh, the NFL. It's called Havoc, which takes tackles for a loss, forced fumbles, interceptions, pass deflections, Pressure things that help give us fantasy points on defense divided by plays. And among the top five defenses this year, the Cowboys are fourth, and the Cardinals are just outside of it at eight. So these are in the Browns are at second. So like they're defenses that are able to wreak a lot of havoc in the backfield. And I just think both Lance and Hurts and Danny Dimes honestly could be looking at it. Panthers are third, uh, by the way, for the Jalen Hurts thing. So yeah, man, like look, we can get RSJ. For 2,500, we can get Curtis Samuel for 3K. Even the Washington defense is like 2,200. I can still fit Henry Devontae Adams with Kylo Murray. So until I see a major reason to really, I don't, I don't want to get up to two super high running backs. So I think paying up a quarterback is fair this week.
1: Yeah, we're missing the Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson quarterbacks yeah. this week. So it is a, the, the guys we really want to use um, aren't all there. Uh, I guess I, I do personally, I think I have a little bit of trepidation rolling with that, just given how efficient, The offense has been Um, if we just get those 25 pass attempts, it's very hard to hit that, you know, 25 plus fantasy point ceiling unless you're ultra efficient. So uh, I am a little worried on that, but uh, I guess I'll have to see. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is I'm undecided at this point who my cash game quarterback is going to be probably going to be the last spot I do. It's a good Um, debate. Uh, a couple of tournament plays. Uh, so I mentioned Kirk, Kirk Cous- I think I've talked to Kirk Cousins in the Minnesota <laughs> passing game every, because he's always like, Kirk Cousins is like 3%. His receivers are 3 or to 5%. That's it this week, too. Um, they're going up against the Lions. If no one's going to be using them, seems like a reasonable spot to want to maybe be a little overweight on the Minnesota offense. And then I like, um, you know, Tannehill to so your boy, A.J. Brown, uh, without Julio Jones in there, um, I-, I got – uh, I think everyone who was smart was just betting uh, A.J. Brown yards, A.J. Brown receptions uh, as soon as those props open. Uh, his reception prop was four when I was at the Sportsbook a couple hours ago. Uh, definitely heading over on that one. Uh, his uh, receiving prop was at like 50. I think Dan wrote him up on scores and odds. It's up to like 63 or 64 <laughs> or something like that now. Uh, but Tannehill to A.J. Brown and mix in. I don't even know who you want to mix in. I think you could We've seen last year Tannehill, AJ Brown, and Derrick Henry all go off in the same game. Um, I, I think you can make stacks like that, but if you wanted to maybe avoid Derrick Henry and use your salary elsewhere, Tannehill does a, get a does give a little bit of leverage off of them.
2: <laughs> no, I'm with you, and you stole both of mine. I think going off of you know, Cook is now looking maybe even super questionable. So I, I get it if we're not surprising people as much, but going with Tannehill and AJB and, you know, even if you do still want to throw another guy in there, but pro- like you said, probably not. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. Also Tom Brady. I mean, again, popping in every single, you know, really metric thing we have going. And hey, if you want to fade the idea where Mike Evans and Antonio Brown are going to have a rougher time dealing with Byron Jones, and Zavian Howard on the outside, you know, it could still work out if you want to go with Cameron Brate and Chris Gobb when uh, going on the inside of things. So Leonard Fournette, I think, is another running back that is shaping up to be awfully chalky. Maybe people get off him a little more with Giovanni Bernard expected to play. But, you know, the Buccaneers are up there, I think, with the Bills as one of those few offenses where even if they do beat a team down, we're still seeing their quarterback flirt with, you know, 40 pass attempts. So I'm less afraid to, you know, ride the Buccaneers
1: or Bills when they're in a game favored by a lot. All right, let's go to some uh, cash game running backs possibility uh, of course, if you can get to Derek Henry, I think you certainly want to play him. I was eyeing CMC for less, but CMC uh, CMC's doubtful now. Um, that happened about an hour or two before we started the show. So he's off and I don't really think you want to play Chuba Hubbard after he was splitting work last week. Uh, we sort of learned how that was going to play out. Um, so I'm not really on that Carolina run game. Uh, of course, you can get to Derrick Henry. His prop was around, I think it was 120 something yards uh, when I was at the sports book. That seems about right. Um, you know, what is it one or is it three touchdowns that he gets? All, and is its is it zero or is it three receptions? So, of course, you can get to him. And I think he's certainly viable on DraftKings. Uh, he is a little bit expensive on FanDuel but you could probably make that work if you really want to. Um, the mid-tier looks pretty good, right? So you mentioned Leonard Fournette, and I, I do think his ownership will come down as the weekend progresses, as we see Gio Bernard. Uh, looks like he's going to get used a little bit more. But you can still find guys like we've got Najee Harris, who is, what is he, 6,900 on DraftKings and you just get you get like these free PPR points on DraftKings they'll still count at the end you get six or seven of those for 30 or 40 yards you're basically starting with 10 10 PPR points and then it's does he find it in the end zone does he get more than 50 yards rushing that looks pretty good to me and then you've got the Damian Williams from Chicago you've got um, I was eyeing Chase Edmonds but he he looks reasonably questionable to play we'll have to see on that still don't know if I'd would you – if we got the Schefter tweet overnight that Chase Edmonds was not going to play, like does – like is James Conner the guy we want to put all, all of our money in? He has the touchdown equity, but does he have the other kind of equity?
2: I think we fade him and we get Contrary and go at Rondale Moore, hoping that he gets uh, more of the Chase Edmonds mm-hmm. pass past game work. Because I think that could be what ends up happening. Conner, well, okay, he'll get like the majority, if not all, of the – eight to 10 early down carries Edmonds was going to get anyway, but
1: Rondale could be the one that now sees an extra five targets. Uh, and then what are we doing? Let's talk Samaj P. Ryan a little bit here, too. So, there's some coach speak that they're gonna maybe split some work and play the hot hand, all that type of fun stuff here. But when Joe Mixon was out, it was all Samaj P. Ryan basically getting all the work here. Uh, Mixon, if you ask me, he's more doubtful than questionable, in my opinion. You, you, these ankle injuries, you don't you really shouldn't come back to a week after, you never really know. Um, he is what 4,500 on DraftKings. He's mad. Min- uh, no, he's 4K. the man, he's the he's the man 4,000. How do we? handle him what's his expected workload in this game against the Packers that Packers defense it is beat up and they have not stopped the run in like four years. I do think we're looking at almost like a 70,
2: 30 snap split between him and Chris Evans. We had a little bit of coach speak, come out saying they want to use a committee and get Evans going on pass downs, but coaches can say all they want. We got to kind of look at what they've been doing so far. And the only times Chris Evans has played, he has not passed block for a single snap and he's run nine rounds. Seven of them have been in the slot or out wide. So they really haven't even used him as a true running back thus far. And that kind of goes back to the preseason when he scored a nice touchdown against the dolphins, he was in the slot that's a fun role and maybe it does expand now without mixing in there but i just think that Piron, someone we saw work pretty side by side with giovanni bernard for most of last year while mixon was out he'll be the guy again. the overwhelming majority of early down work and i think a handful of receptions as well in the passing game so yeah at 4k if you want to go down there and get it i think that uh makes a lot of sense and that helps us get to kyler yeah. and some of these other guys so
1: yeah just the cheaper and Dam- damian williams um leonard Fournette, we talked about uh, we, we're going to have Samaj P. Ryan possibly. It looks like that's probably mixed mix two of those in with Derrick Henry, maybe in cash, and you're probably looking good, in my opinion. Yeah. The only other one I'd add is uh, DeAndre Swift. I would kind of refrain from going with Damian
2: Williams. We're not positive yet if he's going to have that three down roll. I think so. But hey, Khalil Herbert could always eat into that way more than we're expecting. Who? So, hey, man, he's the exactly. number two. <laughs> I know.
1: I'm just messing with
2: you. I hear you. But uh, we got DeAndre Swift sitting at 6,100. And yeah, Jamal Williams is going to get his fair share of the work too, but you know, being in a dome against a bad defense as a touchdown underdog, these are types of spots where we could see Swift flirting with that eight to 10 reception Mark. So he really is, you know, if you don't, if you can't get all the way up to Najee or whatever, and you don't want to mess around with one of these guys in the 5k range, you know, feel free to go all the way down to Samaji. That's fine. But Swift at 6,100, I think is more than fair.
1: All right. Uh, tournament running backs, who's on your radar for that?
2: I love the spot like right kind of around Damian Williams and stuff because I think people – everyone wants the new thing, man. So people will have a higher ownership on Damian Williams. James Robinson has the good home spot where I think I oh, yeah, love, love J-Rob this week. Yeah, that that makes sense. Even with Hyde coming back, he does have the uh, receiving work, but I think there's three guys in that range where we can also get behind and conveniently stack them with their defense and hopefully get that sweet, sweet correlation going. So Damon Harris, who we talked about, I'm not loving the four linemen being out, but still as someone that should see 15 to 20 carries, big favorite against the Texans. I think him and that Patriots defense against the Texans makes a lot of sense. Chuba at six K with McCaffrey seemingly out. I know Rodney Smith got those uh, receptions and I know you're not seeing eye to eye with me on the Panthers over the Eagles this week, but if they do kind of dominate this game, the way I think they might again, Panthers with that defense who, which we know they can get all the uh, sacks. I like that. And then finally, Josh Jacobs, which is another game. We don't exactly agree, on here at 5.9 with the Raiders defense against Justin Fields. So we're getting two rookie quarterback matchups and another one against Jalen Hurts where he's just one of those guys where he could have a great game but still take, you know, four or five sacks because he's running around back there all the time.
1: All right, Myra, it's hard to get running back leverage um, but there is an easy one this week, and that is without question Ezekiel Elliott. In my opinion, everyone is going to be playing Dak. The uh, wide receiver, CD Lamb, is well. Amari Cooper, sixty-one hundred. CD Lamb is sixty-two hundred. Uh, they're popping in, per, for, you know, percentage owned as well. So an easy way to get leverage off of that are uh, to, to just use Zeke. People are oh, Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard. But uh, the Cowboys, when they're up, when they want to score touchdowns. When they want to run clock and they're up late, it is Ezekiel Elliott getting the football. So you have a very good chance, I think, of 20-plus touches, uh, I think, are very, very likely for Zeke this week. And it allows you to get leverage off what I expect to be a very highly owned Cowboys passing game. Uh, I mentioned YouTube earlier. Uh, If you guys are watching on YouTube and you don't subscribe to the Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Football feed, uh, go check that out on your favorite Uh, podcast feed uh, you get access to this show and basically a bajillion other shows that happen to pop up uh, over the week here on roto grinders or shows every day tournaments cash games uh, whatever your flavor of the week uh, you can find that not only on youtube uh, not only on roto grinders but on the podcast feed as well so make sure to check that out Uh, all right let's go to wide receiver why don't well i'll let you kick off the cash game wide receivers this week usually it's me I'll throw you a curveball, Ian. Who are we looking at in your eyes?
2: Wow. Thanks so much, man. <laughs> <at> yeah. <laughs> so it should be honored. <laughs> all this, uh, all this value we talked about with P Ryan, you know, we'll get to a tight end and defense as well. And also, more Curtis Samuel stone cold 3k. Once again, he is questionable, but they've talked about throughout the week just wanting to manage his reps. I do think he will be out there. And with Diami Brown out this week, we're looking at him, you know, maybe even getting a higher snap rate. But he's in a situation where they just force fed him four targets in his like 25 snaps he had last week. So I think the possibilities Curtis opens up, I'm fine using a slot on him at 3k. LaVisca Chenault at 4.8k in an offense without DJ Chark should only lead to more air yards chennault down the field and you know jaguars titans it goes both ways things are looking good for aj brown and company but we don't respect this Titans secondary either which i believe is second to last in ppr points for game allowed to receivers this year and all this saving allows us to go up and get Devonte adams in this inevitable huge bounce back spot and i was just when i was looking at the slate earlier this week i tried to look at all the receivers like at 6k and above and i was just like who's gonna get the most targets Devonte adams of course but after that man i think it's pretty clearly Deontay Johnson so I don't think I trust the Big Ben experience uh quite enough to uh, roster him in cash I, I like going with the three receivers here and Adams Curtis and Chenault and then kind of paying up elsewhere at running back and stuff but I do think you know especially tournaments Deontay Johnson if there is someone that can make the most out of these uh you know prairie yards that Big Ben is throwing uh people's way uh this season it is Deontay
1: yeah, so I guess I'll lead off wide receiver with some of my leverage plays. And Deontay is definitely in there because Najee Harris is going to be the most popular Steelers by a wide margin at the running back position. So uh, Deontay for sure. There, there is no question that he is the number one target in Pittsburgh, even when everyone is healthy. Um, so take a look at him for a leverage play in tournaments. Uh, a couple others is uh, Justin Jefferson. We currently have, let me pull these up. Let me get the latest and greatest ownership numbers from Roto-Grinders. But I wrote down earlier, he is one-sixth the ownership of Devontae Adams. And uh, in no way is he one-sixth as likely to put up a GPP uh, winning performance as Devontae Adams this week. So we currently have Adams at 21% and Justin Jefferson at 4%. So if that holds true. In tournaments, uh, Justin Jefferson looks like the ultimate swerve in my opinion. Uh, just the one true alpha. Just hope as long as Ad- Adam Thielen catches all the touchdowns, but well, let's hope he doesn't catch all the touchdowns this week. And maybe a couple of them can go to just uh, Justin Jefferson. Uh, I mentioned Deontay Johnson. Uh, another one in tournaments I got is if Damian Williams does hold ownership, you could take a look at Darnell Mooney. He is reasonably cheap, and I know people were playing Mooney last week. I think he is also reasonably viable this week. Um, for cash games, I do agree you can get to Devontae Adams, and while it certainly didn't work out last week if you played him in cash, uh, it's very unlikely that Devontae Adams gets, what, 60, what did he have, 64 yards and no touchdowns. I'll take the over on both of those numbers this week, probably. Um, just the true number one target you can get to him in cash. Um, probably going to play one of those, like, 6 kish wide receivers. You mentioned Deontay Johnson. You've got both Cowboys wide receivers. You've got A.J. Brown. You've got Keenan Allen, all just pure. I mean, A.J., Keenan Allen, Deontay Johnson are definitely higher floor players, I think, than either of the Cowboys wide receivers, if we're looking at from that way, in my, my opinion. Um, and A.J. Brown might even be this week, too. So I'm a little bit more down on the Cowboys passing game simply due to volume. Uh, that Antonio Brown 5,200 looks pretty juicy. You mentioned Chenault uh what's he 4800 on DraftKings. Yep. that looks absolutely juicy and then curtis samuel what do he play like 35 percent of the snaps or something like that last week uh you got diami brown he's out this week and diami brown played 42 percent of the snaps last week so i don't know if it's all going to go to curtis samuel but i would expect curtis samuel to jump pretty close to the much more of an every snap player than a third of a snap type of player this week so i do like that at 3k um, all right, let's round this out at tight end. And tight end, I th- like if Kelsey's on the slate, you can always play him in cash. But your DraftKings teams just, they look so much better when you play a crappy tight end in general. But it, like the crappy tight end, it can't be Evan Ingram is just basically my point. It, it can't be Evan Ingram. Now Sterling Shepard and uh Darius Lane, uh, I believe they're both extremely unlikely to play. If not, already out. Ru- yeah, no, out. They, they did get ruled out. So maybe you can play Evan Ingram, but in tournaments, I wrote up for my – anyone but Evan Ingram in tournaments is basically my play. Um, I sort of like – I can't get to Darren Waller. He had that giant 19 targets, which is just in week one, which is just going to skew everything for a while, I think, in terms of projections. He's averaged out at basically seven per game. His car has been slinging it around the field a little bit more. Um, but, like, is Dalton Schultz without Gallup? It looks like he has an actual real role. He's 4,400. He's 4,400. We're going to have Mike Gasecki without Will Fuller and possibly Devontae Parker, or at the very least uh, multiple injury hobbled Devonte Parker. And Gusecki's put up back-to-back good weeks as sort of that middle-of-the-field checkdown player uh, of Jacoby Percet going up against Tampa Bay, which is obviously absolutely one of their weaknesses here. So I like that tier much more than I like, like that 3K tier. But you could play... I don't think I'm going to click Evan Ingram in cash. I'm going to be honest. You can play, you can play a Cameron Bray. You can play um, Ricky Seals. Jones is 2,500. I know he's drawn some ownership at the dead minimum price that lets you spend up on maybe a defense or get you to your boy, Kyler Murray. I just think there's, there's not like an absolute must. Um, But I I, I don't see myself spending, but I I am eyeing the Dalton Schultz and Mike second tier. Those are probably my two favorites. And other than that, uh, I'll probably just stone pun it with Ricky Seals Jones.
2: Sometimes I see like a chalky player. I just literally can't figure out why. Like, what is it about Evan Ingram that has people going to him? Well, like three
1: week? years ago, he was halfway deep, but he's, he's just a low ah low touchdown per, percentage type of player right like now.
2: Like Kyle, he's not even a full-time player this year. Kyle Rudolph yeah. is slice, slicing off a big, chunk of snaps so like it could easily be because there's Tony or Kenny Galladay or Saquon like Ingram could be fifth on his own team and targets this is not a situation to go all the way with them I'm with you on Cam Brate being a better option why Why we shouldn't be afraid of uh, RSJ man he is a legit talented receiver we are not going down like to a Jack Doyle type guy and just hoping that they fall into the end zone once or twice it's almost funny how Washington now they've taken Logan Thomas who as we all know he used to play quarterback in college and Ricky seals jones who was a wide receiver convert i believe he was either way he was a extreme pass first tight end option and they just give these guys like 100 snap rates with no with no question asked while so many other teams are hesitant to do so then they won't feature their former collegiate wide receiver antonio gibson as much as we want in the past game so when uh logan thomas went out last week with the hamstring injury and he's now on ir rsj literally played every single snap the rest of the way so we're getting a guy that could legit have a hundred percent snap rate for the stone cold minimum and hey heineke's been fine so and we had those numbers before showing it could be a better advantage than we think through the air so i'm fine rsj man i don't think it's your typical men price tight end only other guy i would really uh, point out maybe in tournaments noah fant at 4,900, correct? Yeah, heat's not popping at all. I think people are either going to go all the way up to Waller or Kittle or settle down a little bit into the 3K range. Alberto, whose full last name we can never pronounce, is already ruled out with a hamstring injury, meaning fans should be in one of those 100% snap rolls himself. So I know targets and routes you know, are the best predictors, but can't get those things if you're not in the field in the first place.
1: Yeah, Alberto has really been eating to know a fan's snap rate and targets and all that. So with him gone, that definitely solidifies. It's just they're, they're now drew lock targets against the Steelers, but the, the Steelers always do these wacky things in the middle of the field and leave guys mismatched or wide open. So maybe that will work out uh, for Noah Fant this week. Uh, all right. I think that's going to do, uh, put a lid on it here for this show, Ian, uh, of the week five, uh, pro football focus fantasy show, uh, tell people where they can find you. I told them at the beginning of the show, I'll let you close it out, uh, at the end. Fun time, as always, my man, find me
2: at pff.com, PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. We got six new episodes up all throughout the football season, taking you from reviewing the games to hitting the waiver wire to previewing the next week's games. I have on a guest every week, talk some DFS and talk some injuries, which I'm just about to go do now after this show. So fun time as always. And uh, we'll be back here every
1: Friday, rest of the way. All right. For Ian, I'm Brent. Thanks for watching, everybody. And we out you.